Today on the show, going to the chapel for socks and the sacraments. When football meets our faith, making sense of natural disasters, our picks of the week, and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts right now. Sing along if you know it. It is time for the Catholic Underground, the CU Weekly. We are the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. It's episode number 353, I believe. See? You're on Earth. Yes, that's right. Uh, I am Father Chris Decker. Joining me this week, we've got Kathleen Lee. She is the religion teacher at Archbishop Chappelle High School in Metairie. She's our locally sourced and naturally grown faith ninja. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Here I am. Also, we've got... Uh, Olivia Galino, she's the Associate Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Baton Rouge in Louisiana, yes. uh, you know, because Baton Rouge is a fast food restaurant up in Toronto, in Canada. I am not their Associate Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry. No, they don't have one. Welcome, well, okay. Olivia. Yeah, Hi. for now. That's right. <laughs> uh, let's go up to the Jeff Star One Near Earth Orbit Satellite and to Jeff Blackwell. He is the Technical Director of the CU. He's the Commandant of that there satellite. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Father. Good to be here. That's right. Uh... Uh, is Major Tom there? I got my my pocket screwdriver too. Oh, there so. you go. Yeah, sonic pocket screwdriver. Everybody's safe here. Also, we've got uh, Ed Ball, who is in the video cave. If you're watching us on the video feed, or if you're watching us on any of the various video services that are <laughs> crazy enough to put us on the air, uh, <laughs> welcome to you, and thanks to Ed for running the video feed. Well, I'll tell you, um, there have been times that I have uh, shown up at the mall. And I have wished for um, just some little glimmer of faith. And normally, you know, uh, we, we go to the mall like at Christmas time or, mm-hmm. or uh, uh, the time right after Thanksgiving. And you can really see man's inhumanity towards man. Yes. Right? I think um, you yeah. in a mall shows man's inhumanity towards man. Well, that's true. I, you know, I'm one of these folks, I guess like most guys, I'll go to the mall with an end in mind, a direct, mm-hmm. I will go because I need this, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. Um, but there are times that I go to the mall, and I, I'll admit it, I, I just like to walk around. Sometimes sometimes you just like kind of people watch mm-hmm. and culture watch and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Well, if you happen to be in Peabody, Massachusetts, on the lower level of the North Shore Mall, a Catholic chapel has been offering refuge from the hustle and bustle of modern commerce for the wow. past, are you ready, 57 years. Good night. 57 years, yeah. Wow. Uh, it's the Carmelite Chapel there, uh, the, the St. Therese Carmelite Chapel in the Mall. And it offers a convenient way to attend Mass, to go to confession, or wow. just to sit still and pray. And the Carmelite oh. Chapel uh, also provides peace and spiritual nourishment just in the midst of the mall's mayhem. Can you imagine what that must be like? <laughs> to, I, to, be, to just kind of, you know, da-da-da, you're walking along, mm-hmm. and then, sure enough, uh, there it is, St. Therese's Chapel yeah. in the Mall. I, I want to know what that's like. Yeah, yeah. they, they yeah. I, I wonder what would happen in a, in a place in the South, uh, you know, like like uh, here in Baton Rouge or perhaps in New Orleans or Mobile mm-hmm. or somewhere like that, or even in Atlanta. I don't know one in Atlanta, uh, where you have a chapel that is smack dab in the mall. Yeah. And, uh, and this particular chapel uh, was founded in 1960 as part of Cardinal Cushing's uh, initiative to bring God into the marketplace. Hmm. So its whole point in 1960 mm-hmm. was to serve mall goers looking for spiritual sustenance. But of course, you'd have to go. I'd have to go. Yeah. yeah. You know, you'd have to pop in. Of course, they have a gift yeah. shop and everything, too. Oh, well, well, naturally. Well, I mean, yeah. It is a mall. It is a mall. Yeah, but it's that's so cool because it's kind of harkening back to like when churches used to be the center of a town, the center of yeah. like the life in the town, and so this is mm-hmm. a way of kind of bringing it back to that. Yeah, I mean that's it's a it's a 
pretty groundbreaking. <laughs> Microphone groundbreaking. Control yourself. <laughs> I get excited when we talk about commerce and Catholicism. Because we're talking about malls. That's right. I love the mall. Um, no, but but uh, the really cool thing about it is it really is that intersection. And uh, to be very progressive thinking, actually, to say, you know, we no, we need a, a center of Catholicism, the center of where Jesus may not be easy to find, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. Well, you know, there's kind of like a, um, a a battle in my head. Like, does this make religion kind of like, a, I feel like it might be like an afterthought, mm. you know, kind of like, okay, well, I'm in the mall and, oh, I guess like I'll stop in because mm. this is bizarre. Yeah. Um, but then it's kind of like uh, fishing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I'll stop in and then boom, there's Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, listen to the numbers, Kathleen. Okay. Please so mass attendance is up in recent years after a period of decline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is according to Father uh, Jilson George, who's the director of the chapel. Uh, he says about 100 people come to mass each weekday. Really? Can you imagine having 100 people? <laughs> I can't imagine. I mean, I'm, I'm in a small parish, but mm-hmm. I can't imagine having 100 people. Well, I wonder too if it's for like, daily mass. Yeah, well, yeah. I wonder yeah. too if it's like, well, it's not out the way. I mean, I've got to get some things anyway. Yeah, so. sure. Yeah, yeah, they'll stop in. Yeah, yeah. I bet true. there are some people who come just to go to that mass. Well, that's true. You know, who yeah. are that's just their part of their routine. And it, it kind of functions, if you will, as kind of like a virtual parish. So, five hundred attend on Saturdays. Wow. And uh, he estimates that about ninety percent make that special trip to the mall just to go to the chapel. They have mass twice a day three times on Saturdays, and as many as six times on Holy Days of Obligation. Mm. Um, so it offers daily communicants what might not be available even in their home parishes. I mean, we're seeing that yeah. uh, in a mm-hmm. lot of places where, you know, um, interestingly enough, I suppose that in Massachusetts they, they don't quite have the pre-shortage that some of us talk about uh, in, in the southern states. Mm-hmm. But to be able to kind of uh, to dump your proverbial eggs in that basket and say, no, we're going to staff this place, we're going to make sure that this is a, a, a real... Uh, important component of who we are as a diocese that that says a lot to mm-hmm. to what um, you yeah. know what the overall plan must be for um, for right. vibrancy in Catholic life right because it's not just the chapel that you can go to if you want to pray and there's not actually any sacraments offered right um, but they actually I mean there's a priest connected with the chapel yeah and I suppose that could be part of it too if uh, you know if, if the Carmelites are kind of in charge of mm-hmm. and have custody of that chapel then that certainly makes a actually that's a very beautiful thing when a religious order takes this on as an apostolate right yeah and and I think that's a great thing I mean uh, if I wore a pointier hat and may I never <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but that would be something that I would consider is you you invite the religious orders in that have some of these very distinct charisms and gifts and then and then you say, okay, now, now take this run with it, make it beautiful. Mm-hmm. Be fruitful and multiply. Allow yeah. this apostolate mm-hmm. just to, to multiply. So it's about every day, 30 to 40 people come to confession, wow. uh, which is offered two hours daily. Oh my gosh. And, and, uh, yeah, and Eucharistic uh, adoration is also offered for three hours each day. Wow. Uh, they have a men's group that meets there for prayer in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament every month. And um, yeah, uh, it, it, uh, as it turns out... Um, the chapel holds a special place in in the hearts of many, as you alluded to. Uh, Kath Fonzo, who's a regular chapel attendee, she says that the chapel brings her comfort as soon as she enters the mall. It's a place of peace. She says, comfort and sanctuary for me. I visit and leave the world behind. Just walking into the mall, I find peace knowing Jesus and the celebration of Mass is so close. And that really is the gift of the tabernacle, right? That is the gift of the glowing sanctuary life, that no matter where I am, Jesus is fulfilling his promise made in Matthew's gospel that I am with you always until the end of the age. Mm-hmm. And as, as your parish church in your own community is supposed to be a place like that, mm-hmm. how cool that, that uh, 
it has become that in this particular mall. And there are a couple throughout the United States that have a chapel in the mall or, yeah. or some little uh, place of prayer. You know what I'd be interested to see is like what is uh, the crime rate in that mall? Oh, yeah. Like I mean, I, I don't I don't know if it would have any difference if it would make any difference at all. But um, I would venture to say that because people know that there is something so special, yeah, yeah. It, within the mall, that I wonder if that deters any any crime. That'd be hmm. interesting. Yeah. Have, did you see the, the YouTube video today about uh, I was on a college campus. There was a Eucharistic procession and all these protesting. There were some college kids that were kind of Marxist protesters. Hmm. And as soon as they saw the procession coming their direction, they it's like they couldn't help themselves. They they flee, yeah. oh. fl- flew, flurg oh, <laughs> <laughs> in the other direction. They flew. They, they, they flew the they, coop. They done flew. Um, and, and, and that's the thing. Whenever we are confronted with the reality of, of Jesus's presence, certainly his Eucharistic presence, we either flee mm-hmm. or we say, I wish to go closer, yeah. you know, uh, or we're somewhere perhaps in the middle of, I don't know what to do. And yeah. that's where the priest can step in, you know, or, or, or the deacon or, yeah. or the well-informed layperson to say, I, I know this man called Jesus. Let me show him to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this, it kind of reminds me of, um, Father Michael Champon in his um, what is what is his ambulance called? Um, oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mobile, the mobile confessional, or it's got like Mercy a pithy name. Some, yeah, yeah. I know what Mercy about. response unit or something like that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, a, a spiritual response unit. There it is. That's, okay, finally nailed it down. That's how you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> it only took forty-seven <laughs> seconds of your time. It's okay, we're good. Uh, but yeah, so you know, he basically bought an ambulance off of eBay and then converted it into a mobile confessional unit mm-hmm. um but he's also got it stocked with like rosaries and holy water but um you know you get to hear him talk about it he goes and he parks it in front of like gyms or malls or um mm-hmm. you know walmarts or wherever um people tend to gather um and mm-hmm. where it's just part of their day and then uh, he says he just creates an opportunity and i feel like yeah. that's what this is doing is it's just creating an opportunity whereas uh-huh. you know someone wanting to go to mass maybe they don't want to maybe they've they fill a pole but they don't really have that that strong enough desire to drive into a church parking lot get out find where the chapel is find where the priest is find Mm -hmm. the confessional all that you know this is something that they just stumble upon it's like well yeah i'm here yeah might as well and of course it's it's one of these things too you know the tree by its fruit so the chapel has managed to survive shifts in the mall's ownership Mm. and even a 1993 redevelopment in Mm, fact there's an old picture of it had to have been from 1960 itself when the mall was an open air mall Mm because you remember jeff that was the thing in those days Uh, part of the urban sprawl was an open air mall yes and the funny thing is it is again (laughs) that's kind of popular (laughs) now again onto these the big malls that we've built we're now building these little you know um and that to me is what's so amazing because most malls don't last more than about 25 years before they're either you know gutted or gutted or or something sold off yeah Mm -hmm. uh, and so the new owner considered terminating the chapel's lease but Mm. a petition drive helped save uh, st teresa's from closure wow Mm -hmm. and it pays its rent you wonder how is it just getting a dole from the diocese no uh, it pays its rent from the collection plate and money earned from the gift shop Wow. So it's essentially kind of self-sustaining, if you will, huh. which is, uh, yeah. Um, and I suppose uh, that some people kind of use it as their parish, I suppose. Right. You know, that that yeah. always happens whenever you have a community that you become part of. 
Um, so in addition to the Carmelite Chapel in the Mall, which is hyphenated, by the way, which is awesome, Chapel in the Mall. <laughs> That's a mm. good hyphenation of linking yeah. and articles. That's wonderful. Um, Cardinal Cushing's Initiative also opened three <laughs> other chapels in Boston. Good heavens, that's twice. Um, I'm just going to put my cup down. <laughs> to help people find God in the midst of the day, their daily lives. Uh, it was founded in 69. The St. Francis Chapel was founded in 1969 in the Prudential Center. Oh. And then uh, Our Lady of the Airways in Boston Logan Airport and Our Lady of Good Voyage at the Seaport District. Nice. Kind of cool, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, you know, when I flew back from Poland, and for the life of me, I can't remember what American city I flew into. Sorry, <laughs> but um, but I remember it was like we gotta we gotta have mass, and I was like, where what? And then there was this tiny little chapel, just like there in the in. Was it upstairs the, in the airport? Because it might have been Chicago hair. I was coming from from Poland. It was like True. a forty-hour <laughs> yeah. flight, not really, but uh, but I remember thinking, how cool is this that we're in this little chapel, which wasn't mm-hmm. co- you know completely secluded. But um, but I was like, here we are celebrating the mass. Like all these, probably thousands of people are just kind of milling mm. around outside. And I wanted yeah. to go out and be like, come on, y'all, come inside. Like, mm. look at this. There uh, is a mystery yeah. that wishes yeah. to encounter you. But yeah. even Do at the you time, want to see heaven touch down there. Yeah, uh-huh. it's gonna be <laughs> awesome. Right. <laughs> but I remember right. the real looking, control tower is here. Yeah, I remember <laughs> like putting my luggage down and like you know stumble in and I was tired and if you start the mass and then like all of a sudden people are coming up to communion. And I'm like. We're all yeah. these aren't people with us, like, mm-hmm. and it was all of our priests. Like, we mm-hmm. kind of commandeered the the chapel, mm-hmm. but it was so cool that people. I mean, it was almost like Catholics within the vicinity went. I think there's a mass going on. <laughs> I must go, and I was like, "Come on in!" It was somebody so, blew the conch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. Right. It was so cool. Yeah, that it's it's really beautiful to see chapels in in these places you wouldn't expect to find them yeah. in fact that actually you know if uh kathleen if you wanted to start a self-sustaining blog life mm-hmm. your job would be to find all of those chapels all over the world that would be cool and people would pay your way you know mm-hmm. using kickstarter or yeah. something mm-hmm. and you would go and you would find them and you would blog them just saying if, if, if you need like if you need to get do away it. yes there are plenty of <laughs> yes. people who somehow inexplicably can travel the world as their job like yeah. they're just these just professional travelers yeah professional like, bloggers or whatever yeah. putting yeah. this out into god's universe and to god's, all of which, you which is his I mean, <laughs> yes he actually gets all of them They're yes i'm i would blog everything with the everything i would all of the all of the odd placed chapels that would be cool. Ooh, I need now. I need to come up with a name. Oh yeah. Hmm. Mm. Mm. Well, don't worry. We'll, if we'll you come have up with that. a name, <laughs> comment below. That's right. Or Kathleen at yeah. CatholicUnderground.com. Yeah. Oh, I have an email. Yeah, you do. <laughs> oh, Didn't wow. you know that? Looky there. Wait, do I have one? Yeah. Kevin no. at CatholicUnderground. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's great TV right there. Yeah, yeah. And of course, uh, Jeff at CatholicUnderground.com. It'll all go to our email addresses. We mm-hmm. got that, got that worked out. Oh, so you, yeah. Oh, cool. Right. Love it. So I'm yeah, either Chris at That's or awesome. Father Chris at or Fur Chris at CatholicUnderground. Fur Chris. Fur. Yeah. I think even Ed at CatholicUnderground.com has an email address. So you can get to Look us you, one Ed. way or the other. Yeah. Send us or, email. of course, backchat at CatholicUnderground.com yeah, that's comes good to too. all of so us. So let us know yeah. um, where these chapels are, um, yeah. if you'd like to <laughs> kickstart me, and what could be the name of our, yeah. of our video blog, or as they call it nowadays, a uh, vlog. That's true. I, I think even that phrase may be, well, that's way out. Oh, man. It's all blog now. Maybe it's well, not. Really? Even the video? Oh, I guess. Well, whatever we are, I'll tell you one thing we are. We are the Catholic Underground.
wait, I have some good news about yeah. about that. Yeah. You know how I'm, I'm moderator of the Japanese Appreciation Club? Yes. yes. With great they, joy. They named me in our little group chat this this week. I yeah. almost died. They named me Sensei. Oh. <laughs> it's either pejorative or a compliment. We don't I know which, am, but I'm, either way. I'm cho- I've chosen to believe that I've now been accepted. That's right. There yes. you go. Well, oh, you have God. found the Catholic underground. Uh, Are you gonna have a senpai? Y- I don't know. Well, you do. have to. Yeah. The senpai would be. I only know I that kohai and senpai. A sword? Yeah. This is a sword. No. I learned everything oh. about this conversation from the office, so. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really out of yeah, that. The, the senpai would be the the student. Yeah. Kohai, oh. I believe, would be the. Okay. Teacher. Then moving on. Sorry. I'm Father Chris. <laughs> 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 also, uh, we've got uh, uh, Kathleen Lee, mm-hmm. the sensei. Sensei. That's right. Oh. I should say. Sensei, should say sensei Kathleen Lee. Sensei benefactor. Thank you. That's right. Gosh, we're just <laughs> wow. My title. All these titles. I don't have letters she, after my name, so I have to have titles before it. <laughs> she's gonna need some professional hyphenation. Uh, also, uh, Olivia is there. Yes, thank you for getting that right. That's right. El Jefe Blackwell is up on the Jeff Star okay. One, and See? Ed. That's right. The Jeff Star One is no ordinary satellite because it's a satellite that has Jeff on it, so it makes it extraordinary. Oh, that's right. Superlative, Aww. even. Alrighty, that was one heck of an interstitial. Which yep. is what we call that little audio hit there at, at uh, 15 after. And that's yes. right, yeah. Um, all right, <laughs> Kathleen. <laughs> Let's bring it back now. I, I uh, admittedly, um, whenever we're, we're going on air, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of chatter about the NFL. And I don't know that we need to go into all the chatter. No. Uh, but, but what we can say is that for every player that hasn't... Um, I'm just going to go out. For every player who hasn't mentally graduated high school mm-hmm. there are at least a, a, another player that that is doing the right thing yeah you know and so we want to highlight certainly one player who is trying to do all the right and we know that there are a lot of football players who are yeah you know well this guy it, it's paul posluzny Mm-hmm. Mm. Aha, it's Polish. I know I've been practicing. You know, you, you people give me these words <laughs> every week. Pleslesny. Yeah. But anyway, he I plays. Like he's a he's a linebacker for uh, the the NFL team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you hear about this every once in a while. There's a player who um, who is is recognized for their faith. And what I love about this guy is that very often celebrities who are quote unquote Catholic uh, can give you some buzzwords. Mm-hmm. This guy is legit. <laughs> I mean, seriously. So you could guess that being named to the Pro Bowl roster would require years of dedication to football. You got to practice. You got to get good. You got to be recognized. Right. But what many might not guess is that someone with that dedication could be equally or more devoted, devoted to f- their faith and their family. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you're like, well, it's either all football or all family yeah. or yeah. a little bit of faith. and Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Pazlesny... I just love that. You're I doing love great. Yeah. Was selected for the Pro Bowl in 2013 after having been named an All-American at Penn State in 2005 and 2006. Now, these are high honors for for anyone if you're not familiar with football, but especially for someone who wasn't sure he'd be good enough to play in college or the pros at all. He he didn't really have a lot of um, a lot of what it sounds like natural like standout abilities. Yeah. Right, but he, he simply took football one snap at a time, not getting hyped up over possible success in the future. He just did football, right? And he just yeah. he, he got better. You know, at, he didn't come in with some some serious natural talent. He just worked at it. Mm-hmm. Huh, Which is the that. way we build virtue. It's also mm-hmm. the way that we build natural sure. skill too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so this humble outlook has helped him not only in football but in other areas of his life. Um, the 32 year old. 
Pennsylvania native, mm -hmm. um, whose surname can be translated as obedient or dutiful, which we'll talk about oh, in a little while. Poslozny, from, huh? from Polish. Yeah. Yeah. Names um, mean something. Mm -hmm. Names mean something. Yeah. He's profoundly appreciative of having been raised Catholic by his parents. Mm-hmm. Right. Instead of seeing them as adversaries, which a lot of like, I know I work with them. Like when somebody, when one of my students is like, "Oh yeah, you know, Jane this," and Jane, I'm like, "Who are you talking about?" Like, "Oh, my mom." Oh. No, oh. no, mm. no, boo boo. No, you're not. I would never call my mom <laughs> no, by her first no, name. No. Mm -mm. I'm like, you know, I can't believe she did this, and I'm always like, okay, all right. <laughs> let's, right? let's come into Kathleen's confessional oh, for a minute. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but instead of seeing uh, parents, his parents as adversaries, in his mind, they were people who should be respected. Mm -hmm. Huh loved and obeyed, which is, is not a, a common um, thought these days by young people. Mm -hmm. So he's been married for four years now. He has two children um, and is awed by the blessing of being a Catholic husband and father. Right? And this is important to him, his family, his faith, and football, which is, is a common, the three Fs of the South, but, yeah. um, but he's up north. So We'll give it to him. His, his Catholic upbringing and love of sports formed his whole outlook on life. Yeah. And he says this, I crave discipline, order, and purpose. And sports provided those things. Um, and he talks about, so does military service. So he has, he's always had a good view of those two worlds. And he says, um, if you're looking for discipline, order, and purpose, there's no better entity than in the Catholic, than the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. We're organized in our local pastors, then bishops, and then the Pope. Um, and, and, you know, so far, when I was, I was reading this, he's thrown out some good buzzwords, but then he says this, <laughs> we have set prayers for the mass, rosary, divine office. <laughs> and I was like, oh, excuse me, what'd you say? <laughs> divine office and so forth. Right? Sorry, Kathleen, he's taken. I know, I know. <laughs> and it was a little sad, but then I was very happy because good for him and his beautiful family. But he says, <laughs> all this structure is for the purpose of sanctifying every member of the church in yep. order to be able to live forever in heaven. Yeah. Right? And he says help for him is never far, um, far. So he says there are patron saints for almost any profession a Catholic could be in. And for sports, one of the patrons is our favorite, St. John Paul II, sometimes called God's athlete, which yeah. I think is really cool. He said he talks about how he liked the outdoors and athletic activities. And he was also Polish, which <laughs> for him, his father, whose parents were from Poland, was, was very proud of. Yeah. And so he talks about St. Michael, the archangel. And then he talks about another, like, drops the bomb. Then he says, then there's a centurion who said mm. he was not worthy for Jesus to enter under his roof, but that Jesus only had to say the word and a servant would be healed. He says, this has been immortalized in the Bible and also at every mass where we say those same basic words with soul replacing servant before re receiving Jesus sacramentally under the bruise of our mouths. What? There it is. I'm impressed. Someone mm -hmm. was listening. In I want Catechism. to be his friend. He says right. he's always taken his, his Catholic faith seriously. He said, quote, thanks to my parents who had a very strong influence on me. I've taken the faith seriously for as long as I can remember, kind of like football. There wasn't a single moment with a huge revelation or improvement. I just kept progressing gradually. Right? He didn't have this big conversion moment. It was always just a part of his life. Yeah. A simple, steady part of his life. You know, you hear a lot about people who have great and beautiful conversion stories. Um, and a lot of times I know growing up, I struggled with that. Like I don't have a, there wasn't a moment in my life where, you know, I, I was away yeah, from the church Typically so cradle long. Catholic, right? Yeah. yeah. You just kind of, um, you know, and, and to see like, yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. good. It's actually, it's, it's normative yeah. To, yeah. to have uh, an ever deepening experience. And yeah. we fall kind of in and out of love, you know, mm -hmm. over, over time because we're, we're human beings. And 
our capacity to love can only be deepened the the deeper we go and the deeper we're called. Yeah. Um, and it's it's beautiful to see somebody who's yet like, yeah, this is a part of my life. As, as sure as I'm of Polish descent, mm-hmm. as sure as I love my parents, I also love the church and I love the Lord. In fact, uh, Kathleen, if you want to meet him, um, Stephen in the chat room. <gasps> Yeah, yeah, he says, uh, I went to college with him at the same time. As Were you one of his roommates? He, he'd always be in the church praying well after Mass. He what? Said. Just saying, Kathleen. I want to be his friend. He says, <laughs> well, he says this about even his even his college experience. He says, my parents made it clear to me that ca- uh, that being Catholic was an essential part of our identity. Yeah. He says, the message stuck with me in college where my roommates were Catholic too. At a time when parents aren't around to tell you what to do and when there are so many other things competing for your attention, my roommates, room, my roommates and I kept going to church. Yep. We were starting to make our own decisions as men. And they were the right ones. What? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. College kids is not a time for you not to be like for you to take time off of being faithful. It doesn't mm-hmm. work that way. Steven says mostly just served him lunch. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> that's okay. You probably shoot him a little Facebook message. I'm sure. <laughs> that's right. I'm Remember. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He says obeying your parents is a good thing, but even better is when we have the chance to do the right things on our own and actually do them. Right. For young people out there, this is important. Right. It's not a, it's not a, you know, a lame thing to choose to do the right thing. Right. Right. Um, and that's, I think, what we're talking about whenever we talk about, you know, kind of in your head, you need to graduate high school yeah. and do the right always, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, again, he talks about how obedience is just huge for him. He, he wants to follow what his coaches say. He want, and that translates into his faith. You know, he wants to, to follow uh, what the church, scri- you know, just prescribes as mm-hmm. as good and and um, worthy of belief and, yeah, yeah yeah and he says there's um f- the the team the jag the jaguars <laughs> have um a kind of a um mantra motto um chaplain chaplain oh sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> father andy blaskowski mm-hmm. <laughs> again with those names um and You're he welcome. talks about servant leadership when he mm-hmm. says mass for the for the players and, and other team personnel um and he and he talks uh also about how um how father andy who also has is polish heritage so he has some 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 connection with him mm-hmm. um he says he comes to our home games and he and before the games, he puts his hands on his shoulder pads and gives him a blessing. And he says, uh, there's already, there's already a blessing at the end of mass, but this one is longer and more specific. And after mm-hmm. it's given, I feel invincible. So mm-hmm. what's he going to do after football? So after football, he says he's thought about that a lot. He said, I enjoy playing football, but I don't think I'll coach or get into broadcasting or something else closely re- related to the game, which a lot of players do. Mm-hmm. He said, I'll probably go into some sort of business since that was my major at Penn state. Yeah. He says this quote, football won't last forever, but while mm-hmm. I'm at it, I always want to seek constant growth and improvement that's what drives me professionally and once my profession changes I want to do whatever that is very well too the constant that won't change other than adding more kids is my family and the most constant thing is being a part of Jesus's church the Catholic church Mm. that's right I want to be this man's friend this is how (laughs) you live like a simple Catholic life this is what we're called to to be steady to be constant Mm -hmm. to, to be faithful in the small things yeah, you know, because and he's recognizing. Look, football's not gonna last forever. That's right. I'm not gonna do this forever. You know what does last forever? Eternity. Yes, mm-hmm. right. And he, he recognizes that. And so, what a beautiful witness! What a beautiful, humble witness! That's right. Um, to our faith. We must be witnesses. We must. But first, we must take a little bit of a break. We're the Catholic Underground. We'll be right back. Stay right where you are.
A prayer for vocations. O God, who wills not the death of a sinner, but rather that he be converted and live, grant we beseech you through the intercession of the Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, Saint Joseph her spouse, and all the saints, an increase of laborers for your church, fellow laborers with Christ, to spend and consume themselves for souls. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Welcome back. You have found the Catholic Underground with me, Father Chris Decker, joined by Olivia Galino, TV's Kathleen Lee. Well, hi. <laughs> and also Jeff Blackwell up in space. Oh, that's uh, Chris on the Farfisa there. Uh, yeah, I love a good Farfisa. <laughs> yeah, I do. Especially with my Baba Ganoush. Oh, there you go. And our picks of the week are coming up. But first... You know, I'm reminded uh, in the midst of all the, the natural disasters we've seen, you know, there have been earthquakes, there have been multiple hurricanes, mm-hmm. um, a lot of this. And, and I remember uh, in the scriptures, the people were asking Jesus, you know, when the Tower of Siloam fell, uh, what, why? Why was it? What sort of sins had people committed that caused this mm-hmm. tower to fall? And Jesus says, uh, it wasn't because of the sins they committed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that you'll find that that struggle for answers throughout all of human history. And I think that's why we find it in the scriptures is to have a kind of inscribed uh, record of the fact that this is just part of being human. Yeah, and it's a question that we we haven't ever not asked. Right. Uh, And so we thought we'd spend a little bit of time talking about natural disasters and how God fits into all of this. That's right. Yeah, because, you know, God God is inside of, of everything. We just have to figure out, you know what that role present. is mm-hmm. yeah um so you know especially thinking about what's happened recently you know we've had harvey we've had irma we've had jose uh and you know hurricane season is really just getting started so what else do we have uh, prepared for to prepare for but these are just the latest in a long list long list of recent disasters um that across the world um you know even thinking back a couple of years ago to 2011 i guess it's more than a couple mm-hmm. but uh there was this that super outbreak of tornadoes do you yep. remember that yeah um so 340 people died in the southeast uh, in alabama i remember reading that whole communities were just completely wiped off the map uh, and then in tennessee there was one family that lost relatives from four different generations wow. mm-hmm. um and then a few weeks earlier, a Japanese tsunami claimed 15,000 lives. Seven years before that, 200,000 people were killed in an Indonesian tsunami. So um, a, lot, a lot of lives claimed. And so we do. We find right. ourselves staring into the face of why. That's right. Yeah. And especially because these storms are so different. They're different in the, the, the forms that they take. And I should just say storms. You know, think about the wildfires that were happening just, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of weeks or ago. Or earthquakes in or Mexico. earthquakes, yeah. yeah. You know, these these natural disasters take a lot of different forms. But they also aren't respect of, respectful of property, persons, which means that they, they'll decimate a trailer just as much as they'll decimate the White House. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll they'll take away brick homes, shopping centers, churches. They'll kill people Priests. who were. yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, they'll kill people yeah. young, old, black white, poor, religious, unreligious, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very non-discriminatory. Uh, and to some people, that's evidence that we're basically alone in a world that's hostile, it's kind of unsupervised. Careening into chaos from yeah. whence it came. Yeah. yeah, and especially like you can start to feel like the world or the universe is deaf to your cries. It's indifferent mm. to your pain and maybe even kind of enjoys it a little bit because these things just keep happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for other people, I think for most people, it does raise that question of why. Why do these things happen? Why does the, the 
if we believe in a, in a God who is all good and all powerful, why do these things happen that basically, you know, wipe entire populations yeah. off the face of the earth? Now, now there is a standard answer to that, right? Yes. The, the standard Christian answer is, and, and this is actually what we believe. Yeah, like it's... It, it's a know. consequence of mm-hmm. sin, and it's a consequence of fall, right. of the fall, wherein uh, the effects of sin enter the earth, mm-hmm. uh, or enter, the, uh, enter our presence, enter our existence, right? Yeah. God right. did not create sin. Mm-hmm. He didn't create death either, right? But because of that choice of our first parents, uh, sin and its effects enter into the world, right? Enter into the universe, really. Yeah, and that can be a tough thing for to to swallow for anyone, um, but especially when you think about, you know, like how does me lying to my mom make mm. disasters possible? Mm-hmm. You know, that it seems like there's a disconnect between like what happens with me and what happens with the world. But thinking that creation is not something that's um, insular, you know, like you are not like just this individual atom of creation and separate yeah. from everything yeah. else. You, you are know? not your universe. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. we, we all are all part of God's created universe. Um, and so that's what we're talking about when we say, you know, sin has entered the world. Mm-hmm. We mean the world and all of its creation. Right. Um, and so while it's kind of easy, maybe to draw a cause and effect relationship between man's moral choices uh, and much of human suffering, you know, diseases, plagues, poverty, war, just think about any, any class you've ever taken on history and you've encountered all of those things. Um, you have man's culpability for tornadoes, earthquakes, and volcanoes. It's a little less than apparent. Right. Um, so then the question remains, you know, why in a world that's created by an all powerful, all good God, are natural disasters that cause so much devastation on that creation, why are they allowed to exist? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're left with thoughts kind of like Descartes, like, is God a monster? Is, mm-hmm. is God this evil genius? Um, is he kind of a klutz? Yeah. Um, Oops, sorry. Yeah, like, right. ooh, didn't see that one coming. Yeah. Or is it just an ill-conceived human invention? Mm-hmm. So it's a, lot of, it's a lot of parts to the question. But, you know, there's, there's a, a cool way to look at it, you know, thinking about reason and faith and how Mm -hmm. they do in fact fit together. They're the two lungs with which we breathe. Um, You know, thinking about what we know about science can help us to understand what we hold to be true with faith. Mm. Um, So, you know, the last several decades, one of the most striking discoveries in science is the integrated complexity of the universe. And what I mean by that is that there's this array of, you know, physical constants and relationships that, that give structure to the, the universe as we know it. And they're so precise and so interdependent on one, on one another that if any of them varied by even a little bit, I think one of them is like 10 to the 32nd power. If, mm. if that even deviated by a decimal point, then the world as we know it wouldn't exist. That's right. We talk about how, how tenuous even existence on our Earth is yeah. and how there are so many other planets that are, that are in the universe. Uh, as far as we know, ours is the only one that is tuned perfectly, right. if you will. Um, for for life and it, yeah, I think it's the principle of fine tuning. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's even a, a an atheist scientist, which you know, there's lots of those. But um, Steven Weinberg, um, who he's a theoretical physicist, and even he admits that the all of this host of delicately balanced parameters, he says it's quote far beyond what you could imagine. Just having to accept as a mere accident. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what a lot of people uh, in the scientific community will try to do is force all of these things into a nice, neat little box of saying, well, like this is just happenstance. Or more likely uh, nowadays, they'll try to posit a, a multiverse theory. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
the idea that we are just one in a series of parallel worlds and multiverses. Marvel um, Comics has been doing it for years. Right? Come on. Why not a physicist? Yeah. yeah. Um, but basically, that it avoids uh, the conversation about a cosmos of intention. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that things are the way they are because someone willed it. Um, and, you know, in the multiverse kind of idea, uh, you're left with, well, it just happened by chance. You know, the fact that we're here, that we're breathing, that we're thriving and that we've been here, we as in the, you know, uh, the planet and humanity have been here for millions of years is just sign that, well, things just happened the right way for us and other universes didn't happen quite so much that way. Well, that's poppycock. Um, <laughs> so just to kind of like can help us conceptualize this, you know, in philosophy, you do a lot of thought experience experiments, uh, and one of those can kind of show the the confluence of coincidences um, that are just necessary for life to exist. So, you can close your eyes with me. That's right. That's right. Yeah, close um, your eyes. And if you're driving, and you're, no, no, no may, don't do if that. You're, if you're commuting, then it's, very it's okay. Unsafe, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, just imagine that you're driving cross country and you're stopping in a town that you've never been to. Uh, you're really tired and you're hungry. It's about time to stop and look for a place to stay for the night. And you look up, and there's a motel, and you're like, oh, great. Uh, and so just beyond that stoplight, you go and you'll see, you see the sign says vacancy and you're like, awesome. I need a room. They have a room. So you pull up and you check in, you take the key card and you notice, oh, room 1028. That's my birthday, October 28th. Mm -hmm. Hmm." And then you open your room door and you're really tired. And so you're kind of like rub your eyes. Like, am I seeing this right? Like there's a copy of your favorite painting on the wall. Uh, Mm -hmm. your favorite aria, your favorite song is playing on the radio, uh, there's a basket stuffed with all your favorite snacks. Sold. The compliment, yeah. <laughs> Food. <Continue>. Yes. <laughs> the complimentary toiletries are all the brands that you buy and normally use, so you don't have to use that gross airport toothpaste. Uh, and I like the plush toilet paper. Thank you. <laughs> right. Noted. None of this half ply. <laughs> uh, and then spread out on the coffee table are all of the latest editions of all of the magazines that you normally read. And there's even a copy of your favorite book sitting right there waiting for you. Mm. And so that kind of set of coincidences is it makes it unlikely that any reasonable person would just assume that the hotel staff knew you and knew that you were coming. It's almost like, you know, we were talking last week about how we, we Google, we think things or we, uh, we say things in a conversation and then Google just magically shows up yes. mm-hmm. with that information later. Weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> so this is like the Google hotel evil. room. Yeah, it, <laughs> right. It sounds like the Google search hotel room. That's right. Yeah. Oh, wow. That could be a thing. I hope it's never a thing. <laughs> Welcome um, to the Google search hotel room. Yeah, continue. It's like Sorry. the seventh <laughs> season of Parks and Rec whenever they start getting gifts that are like uh, perfectly fine-tuned to their their needs and wants. Did you, no, there no. you go, folks. I haven't watched that season yet. Oh, uh, okay. Well, right. they keep do. Keep trucking. Yeah. So, moving on. But... Um, yeah, so those kinds of coincidences in our cosmic home, you know, thinking a little broader, um, they're far greater in number. We're talking like an infinite number of possibilities. Yeah. Um, and yet, researchers have identified dozens of features that have to be just the way that they are for life to exist. Mm-hmm. So all of those things line up. You could almost say, like, by magic, but of course not. We no. say providentially. It's not magic. Yeah, it's not magic. It's God. And all of those things line up so the fa- so you can sit here and watch us or listen to us on the Catholic Radio on this lovely Sunday evening. Mm-hmm. Um, and Where I'm not of- missing Star Trek. I am consciously choosing to be here. Yes. Good it's the, it's for the, you. It's the premiere of the new Star Trek season, oh, okay. which is also, is that relevant? It's just also a coincidence, <laughs> right? Yeah, but not. 
Yeah, exactly. Yes. And so you see, you see how finely tuned everything is. Mm-hmm. So that brings us back into, into kind of well, well, what, yeah. what does it mean whenever we see all these things that are anything but right. seemingly coincidental, right? Right, yeah. You know, because then by all appearances, Earth really is a place that is very much thoughtfully designed for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you look at those kind of sporadic hostilities of nature, and you're like, well, except for those. Those don't really fit. Right. Um, but maybe those hostilities were not part of the original creation. Um, so if you can think back, and, and granted, any time we want to think about the state of original justice, as we call it, mm-hmm. or like the 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 time before the fall, you have to use your imagination because we are all fallen and the world has fallen. And so we have to extrapolate that information to try to get back to an original state. Right. Um, but fortunately, the scriptures can help us with that. Um, in the biblical record, at each stage of creation, God pronounced that what he had made was good, right? Mm-hmm. And then he says it's very good once man has been created. Uh, and that divine utterance suggests that in its original state, the world was a hospitable place for man. And that nature was responsive to man's nurturing touch. Because remember, Adam had, you know, such dominion over the animals that he named them. You know, right. naming something is a, a sign of dominion, a sign of power. Yeah. Um, that's why, like, a, a, a you know, parents name their children, not, you know, because they're, you know, having dominion over the child, but as a sign of authority. Correct. You know, like, yeah. we have yeah. the authority to name this child. Mm-hmm. So Adam names the animals as a sign that he is in dominion, he is in control mm-hmm. over creation. And that there's an creation. original integrity between man and the creation, his fellow creatures, huh? right. fellow created things. Yeah, and think about like just the state of man before the fall. You know, man was very much in harmony of body and soul. Yeah. Uh, and that was a preternatural grace, but um, but there's also a, a harmony with him and nature, which is why he was able to have that relationship with the animals and with um, nature mm-hmm. at large. Um, and then, But then after the fall, the world became less hospitable. Um, Nature became less responsive to man. Mm -hmm. Um, And according to the account in Genesis, man's sin led not only to his removal from God's presence, because remember Eden was the garden um, next to, you know, heaven itself. Um, But he was forced into this accursed place. Um, And as Mm -hmm. the apostle Paul put it, you know, creation was subjected to frustration. Um, And so, you know, we read in Genesis three that, that Adam starts to fight the land. He has to toil and sweat um, for his bread. Um, The difference between work and toil, huh? mm -hmm. Toil is is the consequence of original sin. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because he always worked, but he only toiled after he sinned. Mm -hmm. Um, So in a real sense, you could say that sin kind of let loose this moral virus on creation. And I think Augustine says that too. Uh, And it corrupts the creation with new limitations. Um, So thinking about like the laws of thermodynamics and I, you know, physics was not my strong suit. So we're all going to go on this ride together. I got my C plus and moved on, but he makes a good point here. Yeah. So CP Snow is a British scientist and he summarizes it this way. And this is like, I wish I had known this however many years ago I was in physics. So the law of conservation Mm -hmm. basically says you can't win. Um, that is, you can't get something for nothing because matter and energy are conserved. Right. All right. So then we got the law of entropy, which basically says you can't break even. <laughs> um, you can't return to the same energy state because there's always an increase in disorder. Entropy always increases. I feel like I'm on Star Trek right now. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing, but you're welcome. Uh, and then there's the law of absolute zero, which basically says you can't get out of the game because right. absolute zero is unattainable. Mm-hmm. Um, so the laws of thermodynamics make dysfunction, dis- decay, death, a universal condition. Now. But, (laughs) but, another outcome is that every system, no matter how well designed and engineered, involves trade-offs to achieve its intended function. Mm. And I think this is something that's a very Catholic idea, um, and, you know, I think we'll see that going on, that, you know, so if, for example, 
the design of a, a, a bicycle, high performance. Got yeah, the, one of these know, new carbon very, fiber things. Yeah, yeah. very aerodynamic. Uh, it's got to balance the competing requirements for aerodynamics. It's got to be lightweight. Um, it's got to be structurally um, uh, sound. It's got to be comfortable if you're going to be riding it for a long period of time. Um, so all of that feature, all those features that make a racing bike fast, also make it prone to flat tires, bent rims, You've seen broken spot. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it makes the rider more prone to saddle sores. Like mm-hmm. you see that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> most every you. bike I ever found. <laughs> <laughs> so you it, must have been going fast, Kathleen. Well, I had to. Find, I had to buy a special seat <laughs> it's got a little bit more cushion you must have been going fast Kathleen <laughs> yep <laughs> sure well, like the one time I ever rode like one of those fancy riding bikes with the slender tires I hit a rock and I, I kid you not it was like the size of my thumb yeah and I flipped yeah like I hit the yeah. rock and the bike just stopped and it you know I didn't and yeah. so I flipped over and I like woke up 20 minutes later on the side of the road wow because that's yeah. a natural law as well that's yes a physical law yeah <laughs> objects in motion <laughs> tend uh, to remain yeah so you know thinking about what that means for for the universe <laughs> I like that I just got to say that yeah um the, the combined influences of you know all of the conditions that make life possible so gravitational geological, meteorological, meteorological, all those things that are necessary for the flourishing of biological life, mm-hmm. of which we are a part. Um, all those things make the earth more prone to things like floods and hurricanes and earthquakes than a planable, a planet not suitable for life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, think about just one of the earth's features. It's 24 hour rotational cycle. Yeah. All that, that happens because of these conditions, mm-hmm. but that all, they, that, sense of rotation also makes hurricanes possible hurricanes right. cannot form without a sense that that rotation without of the earth inertia yeah without yeah. motion yeah um but the rotation is also helpful for us right, right. that's how our temperatures are not because you know there are some planets because of the rotation uh, like the moon it's always cold on one side and it's warmer on the other that faces the sun you know mm-hmm. uh, because of the way that the rotation is synchronized that's yeah. also kathleen why you always see just the same face of the moon man Right. Yeah, sorry. Don't see the dark side of the moon yeah, where pink moon unit Zappa is located. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so it does. You know, the the Earth's rotation stabilizes our temperature, provides global coverage of solar radiation for photosynthesis. Then plants got to grow, y'all. That's yeah. right. And then of course our magnetic field magnetic that, field. that shields us from uh, the radiation. <laughs> the radiation. Jeff, the radiation. Well, tell me about it. Yeah. And so all those yeah. functions are necessary. Right. Um, but but it's also what causes those curving weather patterns yeah. that we're talking about. So the things that organize into spinning air masses like tornadoes and hurricanes. Uh, and what's more, as the Earth turns, it causes friction in the viscous regions of the Earth's core. Mm-hmm. And then that generates a, a subsurface heat that gives rise to things like volcanoes and earthquakes. Right. So it's all related. Um, but, you know, the, the reason I said that it was a very Catholic idea is because, you know, we're very much a people of both and. So yeah. there's joy and sorrow. Yeah. Think of the Annunciation. Mary knew what she was saying yes to. She was very much filled with joy because she was pregnant with a child by the Holy Spirit and he was going to be the savior of her people. But she was also very much filled with sorrow because she knew what it took to save Mm -hmm. her people. And that's why we can also now look at the redemption of creation because Christ's death, not only did it redeem us, Mm -hmm. but it redeemed the entire universe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or multiverse, if you mm-hmm. want, huh? Uh, Christ redeemed everything. And so even though we suffer from the effects of original sin, which are, are the destructions, are these great these great uh, opportunities and occasions of suffering, it is the redemption of Christ that helps us to see 
that this both end is present, huh? Right. Yeah, and I I I love that you're using the word redemption because that's what Saint Paul says as well. You know that that we groan yearning for the redemption of our bodies, Mm -hmm. Um, and think of body as also this larger term for talking about creation. All of creation. Um, Yeah, Yeah. he says that the the whole of creation is in uh, throes of childbirth, waiting for redemption. That like a woman in labor, and and what 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 are we anticipating? What are we in in labor for? Well, we're in labor for that that. Uh, return to what was that's right that, and, and how does trans- how is it couched in revelation a new heavens yeah and a new earth that's right behold right? i will make all things new yeah yeah um and so we have we see that in ourselves we see this desire to transcend our limits uh, and the limits of this world um and that's that's not a sign of anything but except that the world that we know is not what it once was and it's mm-hmm. not what it will one day be right it um, will be better exactly yeah <laughs> something even greater yeah. yeah there will still be an earth in heaven but it will be a new heaven and a new earth yeah um, which so, is why we will be resurrected mm-hmm. body and soul that's yeah. right so you know all of this is to say that when we're thinking about these horrible tragedies like tornadoes and hurricanes and volcanoes and tsunamis everything um they're not these evolutionary products of some kind of godless universe you know just basically chaos reigns mm-hmm. um there we can say with paul that they're the whales of a creation that's longing to be liberated from its bondage to decay um, for the sons of God to be revealed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we recognize, even creation recognizes the state that we're in as fallen right. and yearns for something more, something better. Yeah. So, and you know, creation really reveals the scriptures. Exactly. And so we don't say that, uh, that, that makes the disasters any, any less, uh, right. um, important and, and any less, uh, just saddening and, mm-hmm. and gut wrenching for us. And of course we do everything we can to alleviate suffering, to show right. that Christ's redemption activates us as Christians. But it can help to give a little bit of context to see that, that even the world, even the, the known universe that is, uh, that is fallen due to the effects of original sin is longing for the time in which all will be synchronized, all will be integrated again. Mm-hmm. And that is what we hope for, certainly. Well, folks, uh, I felt like I did have a little bit of a Star Trek moment there. That's, uh, yeah, you did that on purpose. I didn't do it on purpose. Well, so maybe did I did. That on purpose. I might have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know what Absolutely. else I'm going to do on purpose? Take it to that part of the show that we like to call the CU. The CU Pick of the Week. Jumped it. <laughs> I did. Well, you know, You've because never done that before. well, in the old days, can I can I take you can I take you to can I take you back? Take Please. us way way back. Please. So way back in the day, yeah. uh, that 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 audio hit didn't have my voiceover, hmm. and so I used to have to hit the button and say it myself. The CU Pick of the Week. Oh, yes, but, so, but how many years has it been since that's it's been the been, case? It's been I don't about think since I've been here. It's been about a half right. a decade, and my brain <laughs> yeah. just kind of rebooted for a second. Oh, and that's good. That's all right. Well, that's hysterical. It's okay. I love it worked. That. Muscle that. memory. It's a real thing. Yeah. Mark that when we when we play the bloopers real. <laughs> <laughs> things you'll never see again, folks. One of the things that we see every week is Kathleen's Pick of the Week. Ooh, hold on. <laughs> uh oh. Wait. Wait a minute. <laughs> There's something going on here. What? Oh dear! Uh, in that. case you're joining us on the audio, <laughs> Kathleen is uh, reaching down into the depths of what I presume is a bowling bag. What is that? Oh, oh, it's our purse. Now, I, my, I love um, my mother. Yeah. And, <laughs> good, good. This is going to be a long pick of the week. Yeah. <laughs> no. and I, but I grew up, and thankfully so. I grew up with my mom 
you know, my mom didn't put me in makeup when I was in junior high school. Um, she, you know, it was just a little bit of mascara here and there and like some, mm -hmm. some we always use coral, like, mm -hmm. a, like a light coral. And so I was slow to the game uh, with makeup. <laughs> and then when this, I discovered it and went, what the heck, mm -hmm. I look awesome. Um, <laughs> but if you're also like me, uh, you are super overwhelmed ladies um, with these tutorials on Facebook or wherever, YouTube, about how many brushes and you gotta use six different kind of layer. I don't know what's going on. And so I get kind of intimidated when it comes to makeup. Well, a couple years ago, um, there was a, uh, this new product, this new brand came out called ELF, and it stands for Eye, Lips, Face. All those things yeah. mm -hmm. in your T-zone. Mm -hmm. Here you go. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so welcome. at first, nice terminology. Yeah. 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 at first vernacular. everything was about a dollar and they didn't have a lot of stuff. Now, those of you out there who are all into makeup, cheap makeup is not always the best. Mm -hmm. However, when you're trying to discover what it is you want to do with your face, uh -huh. this is awesome <laughs> because you can go and spend $20 on an eye palette and use like two colors. Mm -hmm. Okay, so nowadays... <laughs> I know, right? So nowadays, <laughs> nowadays, Elf does everything from, like, I have some liquid foundation, some powder. They do uh, a million and one different kinds of brushes, mm -hmm. eye palettes, eyebrow stuff. And I love it because I can go in and find something, a, a brush that I'm like, I have no idea what this does. Let's see. And then I, then I just use it. And if, if I don't like it... Yeah, Father Chris is going through purse. through my my makeup bag. But like, <laughs> if I don't like it, then I didn't spend a ton of money on it. And if yeah. I do like it, well, then you know, here it is. So they uh, it's usually between three to eight dollars. It started a little bit cheaper, but they've they've you know they've grown up a little bit. Eyeshadow, mascara, eyebrow pencils, foundation, blush, all the way to skincare regimens, mm. right? And those can get a little bit more pricey with masks <laughs> and. and Steven in the chat room says makeup trek discovery. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Now, now, after a quick Sorry, scan of the website, the most expensive single object I found was a massaging eye wand at $25. Now, most mean? everything is under $10, or you can find some sets of things that are a little bit more expensive. But it's a great way to kind of put your feet in the water mm -hmm. if you're looking to uh, kind of spruce up your face. Like, <laughs> like, like me. She said that like a janitor. Well, <laughs> I need to spruce well, up my face. <laughs> Some of, some of us need a little help, and um, oh we could we could potentially spend hundreds on uh, <laughs> on maintenance over here. So that's oh, Elf. Awesome. Elf. You can find it in most drugstores and grocery stores uh, across the United States of America. <laughs> thank, thank you, Kathleen. You're welcome, uh, Olivia. <laughs> I think the best part of that was just watching Father Chris while you were talking. I'm sorry. Okay. I so can only imagine I must have looked like um, uh, what you look like when I talk about Star Trek. Basically, yeah. Uh, that, was, that was pretty much it. Like, what is this? So, okay, my pick of the week is also um, on the girly side. Oh, so, um, you know, just deal with it. But um, it's got Hannah Naomi Jewelry. Um, she's on Etsy. She also has her own website. Um, but she hand forges all of her uh, of her own jewelry. And um, all oh. these rings that I wear are hers. Um, and I first got my uh, a first set from from you know her designs um, from my sister from Christmas, and then I just started expanding because they're really well made. Um, they're really reasonably priced for something that's handmade um, and hand forged like that, um, and it's just good quality. Um, I've never had a problem. It's all real metal, and because um, I can be allergic to to things that are fake. Um, <laughs> that's not a metaphor. <laughs> and then. Um, yeah, and they're they're really stylish and cute, and she's constantly updating her uh, her shop. Wow! Yeah. So Hannah Naomi, I that like is? that we didn't even coordinate that, Kathleen. I know. Look at us. Spruce you. up and, your hey, face and your hands. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Any girl that does her her own forging of metals, yeah, 
That's mm. awesome. Yeah, it's pretty darn cool because yeah. I, and I, and she you'll order what you want and then she'll say okay it'll take me about three or five days to make it and I'm like oh, I love ah, that no. I, w- yeah. I think I will forge this for you. Not that she talks like this. <laughs> yeah, with the hood. Actually, she may have to have that. You gotta have good eyewear. Yeah, right. Yeah. But hopefully, she doesn't have the baritone. No. You never know. But you know who does? <laughs> Jeff. Jeff, your pick of the week. Uh, making up jewelry and mixers. Uh, Yay. Uh, yeah. uh, our our, our friends Catholic. over at uh, PreSonus uh, have a, a new series of these AR hybrid mixers, they're, and they're packed with a lot of a lot of features with not a lot of money. And I always think of youth groups or uh, Christian artists who are really looking for a compact way to take the show on the road. Mm-hmm. Built-in effects. You have a, a USB recorder. You can record nice. directly to your mix to an SD card, or you can use the SD card. To, like a DJ to play back your music. Yeah. Or you could play your backing tracks. Nice. You know, to, to play along too for a youth group. Uh, you can plug instruments in like a bass and guitar directly into the mixer with no direct box needed. Uh, it comes with recording software that's absolutely free. You can capture 22 discrete tracks through that, you know, hooking up a computer uh, mm-hmm. through their capture. And here is something very new. Nobody else has ever done this. It has a super channel for addressing an input directly via Bluetooth. Oh, nice. you so you like can that? actually have Bluetooth go into the device. From- it, there's a cool. separate channel no, just for your awesome. Bluetooth device. Isn't that cool? All right. Yeah. So the the it comes in different uh, sizes. They've got like eight, twelve, sixteen, and um, twenty-two channel. Very cool. Uh, My pick of the week yes. is uh, is Inktober. Oh. Inktober. Every October, artists all over the world take the Inktober Drawing Challenge by making one ink drawing a day for the entire month. And uh, if you want some information on that, you can go over to mrjakeparker.com slash inktober. I know I will be taking part in it, so uh, yes. so stay tuned. Yeah, you can go to the Catholic Underground website, and I'll be posting everything on there. Cool. Jeff, we are always thankful for those who are our benefactors, aren't we? Yes, this week, Catholic Underground is possible because of people like you. Join the growing number of undergrounders at catholicunderground.com slash donate. Also, portions of the Catholic Underground are brought to you by audibletrial.com slash Catholic Underground. That's audibletrial.com slash Catholic Underground. And also by Mystic Monk Coffee. More information at catholicunderground.tv. That's right. If you want the show notes uh, for this episode to get all of the makeup tips that we talked about, (laughs) if you want to subscribe to the podcast audio, you can go to catholicunderground.com to do that. Our panelists have been the makeup queen herself, Kathleen Lee, the benefactress, and the sensei, the faith ninja, hope Mm. samurai, Kathleen. Thanks for having me. And she loves her mama. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Olivia Galino's at OM Galino on Twitter. Thanks, Olivia. Thank you. Thank also, you for not calling me Kevin. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. It's my honor. My pleasure. Our technical director is Jeff Blackwell at Jeff Blackwellus on Twitter. Thank you, Jeff. Always a privilege, Father. Our research assistant and the leader of the crew in the lab is Jim Hayes. Our video director for this episode has been Ed Ball. And you know me. I'm Father Chris Decker. You can follow me on Twitter at Digital Catholic. I'll be putting my art up there as well. We hope that we've helped you help you cut through the noise and find that still small voice. We are the Catholic Underground. We are Faith Gone Digital, and we will see you next time.